0: This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Lindsay Rogers. Hi, Lindsay.
1: Hi, thanks for having
0: me. It's great to have you on the show. And I'm super stoked today because I've come over to Lindsay's office in Redfern, and she has got a purpose-built sound studio here. (laughs) So that's a first for my podcast. Did I not mention that to you? You forgot to mention that, and the visitor's (laughs) parking, but it's all worked out so well, so well. So... Thanks very much. Uh, So tell me a little bit about your role at the moment in EO.
1: So I'm in a forum, in a Sydney-based forum, um, and I currently sit on the board, the Sydney board, as the marketing comms brand influence chair.
0: So I'd imagine you know a little bit about that world, being yep. in the business that you're in.
1: Yep, yeah, And I think that's why I was relatively new to EO actually when I um, took, the, took the board role. And I think it was the um, industry experience that was um, attracted both, the, both for me, obviously know quite a bit about brand and marketing, but then also for the rest of the board to have somebody in the, in the chair that knows uh, what they're doing on the most part.
0: And so how long have you been in EO for?
1: Um, just over two years. Wow. Yeah. I leapfrogged from sort of new member who is everybody to, um, a board role and I'm incoming moderator next year.
0: Wow. Okay. So you've really taken it by the horns. I have
1: drunk that (laughs) Kool-Aid. That's
0: excellent. And so in your short amount of time in EO, um, what's driven you to sort of get so involved?
1: I don't know. I can't recall what I thought EO would be like before I launched. I thought I—I I think I thought I would be a very um, a small young fish in a big, very um, experienced pond. And I was quite daunted by the formalities working in a creative services um, business. We're not very formal. And so even the planning and the, the sort of prep for forum and for the board role at first was quite overwhelming but i found everybody to be so genuine and um, willing to lend a hand voluntarily with no reward for them for, for themselves um, has been so refreshing and i think if we can continue to have that ethos you know as we as we continue to grow i think it's absolutely the core of of how great eosme is um, so i think it's been that i've seen great people have been around by great people i've been afforded many you know, great lessons and experience from from people ahead of me, and I kind of just want I want to give back, and I want to get more involved with that.
0: So it's probably the sense of community, by the sounds of things.
1: Sense of community. I really actually enjoy the formality in our forum. We report financials, and we're quite, um, you know, we have accountability partners, and we have goals, and we. It is quite formal from the world that I'm in. Um, and I really love the forward planning and the um, gathering of, you know, experience sharing to benefit everybody. So I think it's, yeah, it's community on a high level through events and through meeting some sensational people and and people doing great things in business, but then also really good humans at a human level outside of business, you know, happy to help and be a great friend.
0: Great, which is pretty rare these days. I mean, that's, I've found exactly the same experience that you have this level of connection almost immediately that you don't normally have with people you meet on the street.
1: Mm. And I think the 5% thing instantly sort of um, provides a platform or um, a way of sharing that means you get deeper quite quite a lot quicker. And I know meeting other chapters and being at, you know, global events, it's that instant kind of where you might have small talk in another setting, um, knowing that they're another EOA kind of cuts through and you get straight to what, you know, what are your biggest struggles at the moment or how can I help you or, you know, um, I probably feel a lot of the same struggles to you as well. um, That shared common ground.
0: Yep. Cool. And so just rewind a little bit before you joined EO, was it something that was planned or tell me a little bit about the journey that led you up to actually applying to become a member?
1: So I met a couple of Melbourne EOers or a Melbourne EOer and an overseas EOer at a party um, when we we're about a year into business and they said to me as soon as you make the criteria you should definitely apply and it was shortly after that that I got put in touch and um, and started to understand more about EO and I'm sort of a give it a go as long as it serves you know me and the fruit of it is positive then I'll, I'll give something a go and so yeah, I didn't really plan it. I jumped in and got involved straight away and everyone said to me, if you're going to get the best out of EO, you need to put your whole self in and go straight to the 5% and you only get out of it sort of what you put in. And so I um, I kind of just jumped in feet first and um, it's been an awesome ride. I, I really have, you know, going to the Global um, Le- Leadership Conference this year for the board was amazing, meeting other boards from around the world, um, sharing with other Marcoms chairs um, best practices and how they find leading leaders is, is quite a bit different to the work we do with other brands. It's a um, a different kind of challenge. And for me, I've never had a PR background. I'm, I'm more in content uh, and creative. So having the um, the access to and meeting with various publications and media people and how to write interesting stories has been a really great personal learning curve. So I think it's...
0: So, so your role in the board with the comms chair, have you been able to bring some of those learnings back into your business cello
1: yeah definitely i think personally i have sort of had to step up and learn things that i didn't you know pr is a great example i had no idea how do you amplify a message we're in the in the creation of the of the story not necessarily the amplification um so personally but also into the business we've we've done a bunch of articles um uh, you know as an agency at no cost where we're working through uh, so it's called first act and we're working through what was the entrepreneurial path you nearly took before you took the path that you have and meeting a bunch of eos and exploring where they came from one of them um you know all of them have really interesting insights but you really sort of understand what makes people tick and how their journey has led to today and some people might say it's drive, and others might say it's you know perseverance, or or it's simply hard work. But getting to hear where people have come from and the decisions they've made like absolutely impacts their perspective on the world and their the role they play in providing employment for other people.
0: Okay, so that's a, probably a good segue into cello of. Come into a back lane in Redfern, up some stairs into this amazing, (laughs) cool warehouse space. Tell me a little bit about Cello. What do you guys do?
1: We've actually only been in this space for a a couple of months. So before that, we were not really as cool. Um, But Cello's been around for just over four years. We're a a branding and content agency. So um, on the branding side of the business, we create and rebrand organizations. So brand strategy, um, and that rolls into then content strategy. How's that brand brought to life? And then on the content side, it's we're like a mixture of sort of video production, animation, um, design, assets that benefit and build brands over the long term. So we might run social campaigns. We run a lot of the Prime Minister's social content. We do, you know, from government through to influencer celebrity content. That would be ever-changing, wouldn't it, on the <laughs> Prime
0: Minister's content?
1: <laughs> Never no, quite sure who's <laughs> going to email us. Um, Yeah, but it's really varied, you know, from really rigid guidelines and very strict um, expectations through to really loose, you know, consumer brand, influencer, celeb kind of um, fun content that has a very different, um, we have a very different approach to producing it. So it's varied. There's just over 20 of us here. We moved into our new space about two months ago, which we spent a few months and too many dollars fitting out. Um, But it feels like home now and it's got enough space to grow and uh, little creative corners for people to collaborate and, you know, and cross collaborate too. So the video team will often meet with, you know, copywriting who will meet with our brand strategy team to offer better solutions for clients. So, yeah.
0: So 20 people is a fair few mouths to feed. How do you find your work?
1: Yeah, we... um so when we launched, I was in a buyout, uh, an old production company that I used to work for, um, and that he decided he didn't want to sell. He'd had the business for 30 years and, um, and so turned down my offer to buy the business. And I sort of had this, had this crossroads of, do I go and find another job? And a European fashion label offered me an amazing role trained in Florence and, you know, path to, to New York, um, down the track, or do I take everything I've learned and go out my own and give it a go? And obviously I chose the latter. But in that, um, you know, I'd sort of created this name for delivering um, videos with my old agency. And so there was sort of a fair few people via LinkedIn and other other channels that came and said, hey, where have you gone? We want to work with you wherever you go to next. So we had a couple of clients we launched with. Um, I mean, like, two maybe three not a, not not a whole swarm
0: and at that stage the business was just you or you and your business partner my
1: business partner and i yeah so he's our creative director i'm our managing director so we broadly split split it into money and and business and then he's on the creative delivery of of um the work we produce and as we've grown a lot of the team um sit under him um yeah we both just started at two of us we put in 10 grand each and said let's give it a year we'll see if we can get this business off the ground and um proud to say four years on we're still here (laughs) so um, yeah it's been a really good journey we launched with a couple of clients as I mentioned and um, we've just focused on really delivering quality we think we're only as good as the last piece of work that we deliver Um, and looking for opportunities we have things like pet projects here where we encourage our team um, to go out and kind of create briefs for themselves if they see a really great piece of or they have an idea for a great piece of um x whatever that might be um to pitch it to us and we'll find the resources and and back them to produce it we kind of know if we've gone out there and employed the best creatives we can find we should be backing them to um produce great you know really hot content and i I sort of have no doubt that you know client they will commercialize with our clients they want great ideas and we're being proactive so so the
0: split is more creative than like of your 20 staff what would the how many creatives would be part of those 20
1: Um, Um, There's sort of four, five, six of us that are on um, finance sort of, um, we call it left brain. So anything that is logical, producing, client management, um, operations and and money. And then on the other side is um, we've then got teams of creatives, so motion graphics, copywriting, um, videography, editing, um, and then branding and design team. So they're quite, they're an awesome bunch. I mean, for 20 people, we throughput a lot of work. There's, you know, there's consistently um, a ton of projects and some of those might be um, long-term. So there might be a rebrand that takes, you know, three to six months. There's lots of stakeholders, very considered, lots of workshops, Um, you know, it goes into research and then the insights and the brand strategy before we even pick up, you know, a tool and go into the actual creative execution. And then other projects, you know, are a six-second YouTube bumper or um, a really quick, you know, something for a site. Usually digital first, but occasionally it will go so well digitally that we'll have it on TV or it'll go into print.
0: So it's word of mouth that is the way that you're getting clients, like, or, or do you actually eat your own dog food, so to speak, and and you know do YouTube videos and remarketing and all of that around the agency?
1: Um, we have a strategy we definitely don't just kind of hope that work will come in um part of that is through our own um, brand in market so pr and how are we so i do quite a bit of speaking on panels and events and how do we um talk the talk how are we out there telling people what we're up to um there's part of it that we're a content agency we should have our own great content so we spend quite a bit of time in order quite a a lot of time on our own um, social content and what sits on our site um, and rebuilding our site and bettering it's a constant for us that's never just it's done and ta-da it's a kind of how can we consistently improve Um, but yeah then through networks there's a lot of events that we attend or we um, you know we go along to to meet like-minded clients to the ones we currently work with um, but in saying that, we've kind of also focused on you know the clients that we do have. How do we do better work for them? So um, expanding internally, and if we're working with a marketing team, perhaps we can work with their internal comms team, or perhaps we can work with their social team. And um, and sometimes we just go out and create content for them proactively and say, hey, we've put this together. We think this is a massive opportunity for you guys. Let's have a chat and look. And there's, there's times that must open a few
0: doors, I'd imagine. Like people would be quite, you know, I, w- I would imagine brands would love that if they got some content in the. It's a different approach.
1: Yeah, largely, yeah. If they don't have agencies that they, you know, are contractually obliged to use, a lot of the time they're really excited that we've been proactive and thought about the brand for them. Um, So, yeah, a lot of the time it sort of opens doors or at least starts conversations and at the very least it's then not now but later and then it's a sort of open door. But we really try and think if we were a a client or a brand, what would we want from our agency? And there's been numerous times where we've we've pivoted to um, stay ahead of competitors but also look at the landscape and be honest with ourselves. You know, there's always disruptors coming to market and there's always new ways of doing things, especially in video, especially in design. Um, how can we continually push away from or add more value than perhaps a freelancer can or a really cheap website can?
0: Can you share a story with that approach that's worked, like a client that you knocked on a door and just walked me through
1: what happens? What what, what
0: happened? Because I, I think that's a, I think that's an amazing strategy.
1: Yeah, um, it happens quite often, um, and sometimes it's more informal. Like we will, um, I'll read. Normally, it's led by me. So I'll see a, a campaign in market or an idea or something overseas, and I travel quite a bit, whether it's to South by Southwest or to um, Forbes conferences or whatnot. Constantly stimulated by new, different ways of doing it in our market and outside. So an informal way that we do it is by sending a Hey, I found this. I thought it you guys, this is this would be incredible to rethink. Um, one of our one of our ideas. The client doesn't know this yet, so hot scoop. Um, we're at the National Breast Cancer um, Foundation breakfast a couple of weeks ago. We did all the the video content and um, and artwork, and we were just attending the breakfast as breakfast eaters and um, at the end of the event uh, there was a table of really senior executive women that I was talking to from m- multiple organizations and one of the women said oh I actually have to go for breast screenings quite often because I have dense tissue and we got talking about it and she said well actually now I take a girlfriend along with me um, because you're not meant to be on your phone in the waiting room and it's often a long time and it's not really a pleasant experience." And instantly, I was like, "That's an awesome insight for a campaign." Like, grab a girlfriend along and had you know head along on a Saturday morning um, and support each other. And there's probably a lot the brand can do from their perspective to um, make that a, a better experience than it might be currently. So instantly, I got on to the client and said, "Have an idea, take it or leave it, but what do you think about this?" And if I was them or any other you know brand, I would love the outside-in thinking.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it's all so often that. Our society is reactive rather than proactive. So I think if you're proactive, you're already ahead of the bell curve.
1: That's right. And one of our – not to harp on about values, but one of ours is um, be the most curious person you know. And we really do reward and recognise and encourage curiosity. And we send our team to so many training and, you know, learning events and evenings and weekends Um, because – we're only as good a as our last project, but b as our best ideas. And so, continually pulling from different industries, we had our design team all go and do a pottery course. We had um, one of our designers at a motion graphics course on the weekend. So, how does design move in you know in the in the form, not just the function? And so. They come back from these, from these training sessions with all these new ideas that um, we can then use and leverage and, and, and add to rather than just always do it the way that it's always been yeah, done. Yeah, so
0: it's never, it's never stagnant, always dynamic, which is amazing. Mm. And so you've mentioned not-for-profits, government. Are yep. there any other verticals that you're quite active? Yeah. I mean, I'm just assuming I, – I took a leap of assumption there. Uh, is not-for-profit and government kind of some key verticals for you?
1: Yeah government isn't a focus that's a kind of a a, a, you know something we do we have quite a few not-for-profits over 10 Um, we work with them in different capacities and and, um, involvement Uh, it means a lot for us to work on things that matter more than just the monetary value so we've always we've always from day one treated them like full fee paying projects and deliver them accordingly we're currently working on a water sanitation project in Papua New Guinea Um, we've done a lot of cancer councils Daffodil Day TV and, and social content and continue to do Australia's Biggest Morning Tea National Breast Cancer Foundation the Garvin Institute it's all great work um, to do. It's to make, fantastic. You can actually make a difference, which That's is right. incredible. Yeah. Um, and then on top of not-for-profit, we do, we do a lot of we, – we have a few clients in auto, so car brands. We have um, – what are we working on? Uh, we're doing some consumer electronics stuff at the moment, so gaming. Uh, we, uh, we have some kind of legacy clients. They're more corporate, um, so in property and, um, uh, and energy it's really varied there's not kind of one one type of client that we have we just we focus on the branding and content side and we we don't play outside of that we don't do the amplification or the media buying or uh, the influence the marketing part we just focus on the really great creative ideas and then how to execute that across lots of touch points
0: and so does that mean it's transactional or are the customers on retainers or because i would imagine it's hard to plan for if you've got 20 staff you've You've got to have this constant flow.
1: Yeah, we're largely project, um, which has its pros and cons. Um, the con, obviously, being that we it's hard to forecast. Um, we have a lot of recurring clients, though, in saying that. And I've seen, you know, agencies that have massive retainers and, unfortunately, they come to an end and, you know, even those are not um uh, definite you know they still you can still get out um so we've focused on diversification so the last four years we've picked up over 200 brands all different sizes all different shapes some we work with annually some we work with consistently um and some know us as their full service creative agency and others know others know us as um one-off annual you know event that they come to us for some stuff Um, But diversification for us has really, it's done a few things. One, it means that we can cross-pollinate ideas. So if we see that in consumer electronics, there's this trend towards X, we can bring that over into construction or into, you know, more of a legacy brand. Um, But it also has meant that ideally then there's consistently, you know, even if it's only 10 or 20% of those clients have projects, then, you know, there's lots of different types of work. Um, And it keeps it interesting, you know, for us. We get to come to work and from Maserati to Council Council, you know, it's such different brands with different positioning. Um, It means that our creatives get to do the best work and be creative.
0: So what would be the sweet spot? Like what's your average size of customer? Like maybe on an employee basis or I'm I'm not sure how you you would rate that. Is there a typical kind of median client that works well for cello?
1: We work across everything, and so I'm hesitant to say there's only there's one type that um, that works best because we can kind of work. We've got startups through to you know we're working a 150 years you know project at the moment, and they're just very different stakeholders, very different legacy, very different brands, and that's the beauty. We have found that that well-funded startups are a really good fit for us. So I'm talking like Series B. They've been around for a little bit. They've got some. They know who they are, but they need help. Um, Uh, exploring that so we've got a few clients in that space um, and they often just don't have the hands on deck they might be 50 to 100 people where they've got um, they've got internal they've got some things and they've got a small marketing department but they don't have enough to really create great stories that's been quite a sweet spot for us because we can truly partner with them. They're not too big that we get lost, and they have seventeen agencies, and we're one of them. We yep. become quite a partner, and they
0: can probably make decisions a little bit quicker That's than right. your know, massive brands. That's
1: right. It just it seems more aligned um, to working with us. You know, they and and quite often we'll be proactive to them, but they'll they'll also say do you think honestly this is a good idea? One of our clients in this space, they just won an award as one of the most innovative companies of the year and we had a lunch with them the next day. And so it was just a, it was a, us thinking about them and for them from afar and coming to the table with some ideas of how they leverage that, which that's got to be a sign of a true you know, true partnership when we're thinking where we can't sleep because we're up thinking about what yeah. one of our clients w- could be doing.
0: Oh, That's excellent. Okay, well, look, I'm going to wrap up now, just have some outgoing questions to ask you. How old are you? 30. And what do you like to do to keep fit?
1: I do 45, okay. four to five times a week, which is quite new. I've never been a morning person, but in the last year or so I have become one. I had to find the time in my day because I was—I tried to do an evening fitness thing for a while and I just could not leave the office consistently early <laughs> or early-ish. So I found that um, morning just before, and there's this beautiful half an hour period bef- be- between finishing exercising and before the kind of, the office you know, world comes on that I have half an hour to read the financial review and have a coffee, which has become a really beautiful nice moment habit. in my day.
0: Yeah. Um, how many hours sleep do you get each night?
1: Minimum nine.
0: <coughs> nine, did you say? Nine, oh, yep. I love that. I'm a big sleeper, yeah. Do you have any personal goals that you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months?
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: <laughs> in wow. 25 words or less.
1: <laughs> personal goals. I actually do have a really big personal goal to get off my phone. I am on it constantly because I obviously run a business and um, <coughs> Excuse me. run a business of, of young people that are used to kind of being on. Uh, and I find then when it comes to the weekend, it's the same, or e- e- into evenings, it seeps in. I actually don't need to be on my phone. It's often unnecessary and scrolling. So a big personal goal of mine is to be um, less than an hour on the weekends on my phone.
0: Okay. And then finally, um, what business achievement would you like most to be remembered for (laughs) that's always a curly one i like to throw in at the end i think (coughs) (coughs) sorry i've got a bit of a frog in my throat there
1: you know providing employment to 20 people and you know to watch individual people succeed and grow in their careers but also in their lives like we're at a really pivotal time in a lot of people's lives between sort of 25 and the late 30s where a lot happens a lot changes and um to be a part of that is actually a real privilege, and um, and hopefully to you know for people to say that we provided them a great experience and they're a better person for having worked worked for us.
0: Oh, that's great! And then finally, um, if people want to find out more about what you do at Cello, uh, where can they go?
1: Our website's cello well, we're pretty active on the gram. So it's um, at at cheeky hello, uh, and some of my personal stuff is Lynn's Rogers.
0: Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show today, Lindsay. And remember, if you're enjoying these shows, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks See you for next having time. me. Cheers. Bye.